Hello there, you're about to experience the What's Up Church podcast. Can a dude get some Holy Spirit? What's up, church? What is up, church? It's me again. <laughs> Come at you. Um, <clears throat> this episode is a barn burner. An absolute barn burner. Um, coming off of the once saved, always saved discussions, which are so cool. I still can't tell you guys how fun it was to sit down with my father-in-law and just kind of walk through some stuff scripturally, spiritually, and everything else. And it's really been an amazing process because now I'm going and rereading the word because of his knowledge, like my father's uh, knowledge of the word, his encyclopedia, like he just knows scripture, he just knows it. And I always love people that know scripture. Uh, again, I'm, I'm heading that way inch by inch, you know, <laughs> getting there. But I just really appreciate people who just know the word and love the word and live in the word. And so being around him is infectious because, you know, he'll just get a topic and on his own accord, just dive after it. And so I just kind of, kind of took from that when I, when, when I've been back of like, what do I want to read? You know, and I kind of finished up some of my readings, but I really wanted to like dive into John, um, the, 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 the gospel of John. Uh, and this is, there's so much to it. There's so many parts to it, but I was just you know, dedicating my morning reading time, just, I just really want to read John and I kind of want to read it differently or just read it again and, and, and experience it differently. And that's why I love the word of God. Like the word of God is a perfect barometer, mirror, whatever to your own personal walk. Like it tells you everything you need to know about your walk when you're reading the word. If you are reading the word and it's bland, odds are your spirit is bland. Like the odds are good that if you're reading the word and it's just words, there's either distraction while you're reading it, or there is a a distance and a separation between you and the Father, like you and the Holy Spirit. Because if you are searching for the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will show up in these words. Absolutely will. And if you're not, then then that doesn't mean you're a bad Christian. So let me just go ahead. You know, it, it, there's no there's no uh, condemnation here. What I'm saying is though, is like if you're struggling to read the Word, the odds are you're probably struggling in your relationship with the Father. You're struggling with your relationship with Christ. The Holy Spirit is probably having a hard time getting through to you. If this is difficult, in most of my life, this has been distant or secondary, or I've been reviewing it through someone else's lenses. And so my relationship has been according to those metrics, like distant through someone else's lies. Like, oh, like not lies, eyes, um, <laughs> not lies, hopefully. Uh, so just being in the word, how you are in the word, I'm, I'm becoming to realize more and more and more is just a perfect temperature gauge for my walk, my desire. It is, it is, it is the temperature gauge. It is, it is a thermometer. Uh, thermostat, whatever, you know what I mean? Uh, insert analogy that defines temperature <clears throat> of where I'm at, which is awesome, actually. It's really good because if I find myself reluctant to be in the word, that is something that I need to identify. 
But if I find myself reading the word and the words aren't alive, if they aren't coming alive to me, well, then that's also something. I don't want to read just to check a box that I read. Um, and I did that a lot. I used to do that a lot. Um, and I, I don't do that anymore. I've kind of relieved myself from that spirit of I have to read a day. And if I don't read a day, I'm not a good Christian. But now my heart has just been like, I get to read today. I get the presence. I get the opportunity to be in his presence today. And these are his words is his, you know, it's so cool. So this is a very long-winded intro into me just reading John with fresh eyes and just getting this unbelievable, what I think is such a cool, like an idea that I've never really understood before or identified before, but it, it is awesome. And this is the, 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 the juxtaposition of Martha versus Mary. And I'm sure this, this has been preached I've, or some version of this. But, and I've heard a lot of people talk about Martha and Mary, but I've never read it through John in this moment. And I want to get there. So let's just back up to John um, 11. John 11 is Lazarus, you know, the death and resurrection of Lazarus. Um, and it kind of starts out weird that we all, you know, you know, it, it starts out weird um, because we don't understand why, because, you know, the Lord is told, you know, basically it comes to, um, you know, 11.1. Now, a certain man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village where Mary and his sister Martha lived. Obviously, down the scripture in John, one chapter later, Mary totally anoints Jesus' feet. You know, like does the whole, like, here's the all the oil. You know, um, uh, Judas is like, how dare you waste the money I could have stolen? <laughs> quote unquote, um, we could have sold that, you know, but uh, Mary's Mary's anointing in Jesus' feet will live forever. So Mary loves Jesus. Like we don't, we know that. Martha loves Jesus. We know that. Lazarus loves Jesus. Jesus loves them all. He, he considers them dear friends, the ones he loves. They even say, Lord, our brother, your friend whom you love is sick. And this is the crazy part where this is the stuff that I, I think is so just on a next level biblical, like in terms of God vision of seeing the big picture that it's beyond our comprehension. It's amazing. When Jesus heard this, he said, the sickness will not end in death, but on the contrary, it is for the glory and honor of God, so that the son of man or so the son of God may be glorified by it. So this entire situation is being just, just orchestrated by God, which everything is is being orchestrated by God to show you his power, his love, his mercy, to give you a beautiful picture of his heart towards his people. I believe it's, it's so amazing. Um, so what happens? Jesus hears that Lazarus is sick. And my cousin Adam recently went to um, Israel and did this whole trip. And they, they went to the spot where Jesus was preaching and then where Lazarus was sick. And when you read this, you assume it was days away. It was like, oh my gosh, like you got to be traveling by train for days. It was, it was a couple hours. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was not a, a, a jaunt at all. It was a couple hours away. It was relatively close. It's shockingly close to the point you're almost like, wow, uh, Jesus almost deliberately. And of course he did deliberately stayed where he was, you know what I mean? But he could have been there in a moment. Like he could have been there like, bam, I'll be there today. You know, and it's, it's the Lord could have answered their prayer, their request, their way, their way immediately could have been there. Like, you know what I mean? Like it wouldn't have been a big thing for Jesus to go, um, but he didn't. 
He didn't. You know, he they 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 stayed there for a couple days, um, and then he went, which is so cool. But obviously, we all know, like by the time he got there, what happened? Lazarus is dead. Yeah, we get it. We get it. We get it. There's mourning. There's everything else. He's been dead four days, and that's really significant because if you were dead less than, I think it's up to three days. I'm not a, uh, a scholar on this, but I'm pretty positive. Like three days, there's a chance you could come back. But after three days, boom, it's a done deal. You're dead. It's all over. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. <clears throat> and so at this point in time, he's been in the tomb for four days. Four days. And everyone knows that. So this isn't new information. But it, this is the part where I start to really see the heart of Martha and the heart of Mary. Okay, so... Um, so like, let's just like, so, so Martha, uh, so Jesus is coming into town, right? And uh, Lazarus has been in the tomb for four days. So in the tomb, boom, this is serious, right? Um, so when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him while Mary remained sitting in the house. And that I want to focus on for a moment. Like both Mary and Martha loved Jesus. They loved Jesus. But right now they were both in a, just lost in grief lost in agony and in grief because they just lost their brother who Jesus also loved and who also loved Jesus. And so Mary and Martha exemplify two reactions to pain. Two, Martha runs to Jesus. Martha runs to Jesus. And like, let's be honest, Martha, like we'll continue on with this. Martha's decision-making isn't always fantastic. She is very works-oriented. She is very much a person of the world, works-oriented. Mary is very faith-oriented. You know, she just she just wants to be in the presence of God, whereas Mary wants to work for it. Or Martha, I'm sorry, reversals. Mary wants to be in the presence, but Martha is a worker. She's a doer. She's a thinger. You know what I mean? Like, she's like, ah. Um, <clears throat> she's, I think she's like most of us, personally. And we'll get there. Why? But in this moment, Martha with her grief, with her pain, with her anger, runs to the Lord, runs to Jesus, runs to him. And that's amazing. And she gets there and, and, and obviously she's upset. She's frustrated. If you were here, Jesus, if you were here, he'd be alive. You know what I mean? Like, like my brother would not have died if you were here. You know, not blaming him, but kind of blaming him. Like, you know what I mean? Like, where were you, Jesus? Where were you? But she's doing it with him. She's taking this and bringing it to him. And that is awesome. Like that is, that is a A plus, dude, that's awesome. What's Mary doing? Mary's letting her pain and her agony and her grief and probably her frustration with Jesus keep her separated. She doesn't run out to him. She stays inside the house. She stays inside and she stays away from Jesus. And she lets that emotion drive a wedge between her and, and Jesus, which is like, again, a lot of us do this. We'll take a moment of pain of anger, of, of letdown, of whatever it is that just we weren't expecting it. And we just use that to like, nope, nah, I know he's out there. I know Jesus is out there, but I'm not going to go to him. I'm not going to run to him. Martha, you can do that. Not me. I'm staying here in this place because this is the place where I want to be. And so what happens? Jesus calls for Mary. Jesus calls for Mary. Like, hey, Mary. The Lord's looking for you. You know what I mean? Like that's, 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 it's such like a God thing to do to us. Like just even when we're like, no, Lord, no, Lord, no, Lord. I don't want to even deal with you. He just constantly pursues us, constantly pursues us. And just, just goes after. And it was amazing. Oh my gosh. 
It was so cool. Um, and let me see where it says that. Oh yeah, right there. It's, it's um, 11.28. After Mary said this, she left and called her sister Mary. Uh, Martha had left. Like Martha gets done talking to, to Jesus about how much she believes. And do you believe me? Yes, I believe Lord. All those things. She goes and says, hey, to Mary, hey, the teacher is here and he's asking for you. Like Mary gave, or Martha gives Mary a private invitation from Jesus saying, hey, he's looking for you. And now this is where Mary responds accurately, appropriately. Um, when she heard this, she got up and quickly went to him. Quickly went to him. So this is like the Mary part's cool. Like, yeah, she, she didn't run to him immediately. But the second she was like, hey, he's calling for you. She responded with an action. She went to him, went to him. And it was because of that sense of urgency, because of her sense of urgency to go be with him. Everyone in the mourners, all the people in the house, everyone was there, went with her. Like Mary got up and took off towards the Lord. And it's weird that no one did that with Martha. Like, I, I, I was wondering that, like, like Martha got up and ran towards the Lord to be with Jesus and no one moved. Like you don't see anyone going with her, just her, which is awesome because now Martha has this amazing moment of intimacy with the Lord where she can just flush out her pain, flush out her frustration, and then have Jesus right there. I'm the resurrection, you know, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes and hears to trust in relies on me as savior will live even if he dies. And do you believe me, Martha? Do you believe that I am who I am? So she has this amazing intimate moment with the Lord, but it's weird that she just ran out. And so then Mary does exactly what she does just later and everyone follows. Like everyone's like, oh shoot, Mary's running out. We, we gotta go. Like they assume that she's going to the tomb. And so they all follow her. And of course what happens, she gets to Jesus and it's the same thing. Like if you were here, Jesus, if you were here, that pain, that frustration of death. And this is the part where I think the heart of the Lord is so crazy awesome. Like, so then it goes into Jesus saw her sobbing. This is, this is uh, 1113. When Jesus saw her sobbing and the Jews who had come with her also sobbing, he was deeply moved in the spirit. And then I'm reading for the Amplified. So it says, to the point of anger at the sorrow caused by death and he was troubled. And I highlighted that because it just landed. Like, he was deeply moved in spirit to the point of anger at the sorrow caused by death. Like, why? Why? Because we weren't created for death. Like, Jesus was so just in sorrow, in, caught, in, in pain caused by death because we were not meant to experience it. We were meant for the garden. We were meant for the presence of God. We were meant to be in his presence eternally. We weren't supposed to experience the loss of a loved one. We were never designed to experience the loss of something that we loved. And, and in that moment, Jesus had to experience that. He had to experience the loss of something he loved. He loved Lazarus and he loved Martha and he loved Mary and he loved those who were there. And we weren't meant for this pain of losing someone. We weren't designed for it. We were built for eternity. Yet in this moment, knowing that we had to experience death, hurt and wounded Jesus to the point of anger at the sorrow caused by death and he was troubled. And I love that's the heart of the father towards us. Like, man, like even in all this moment, like Jesus was like, gosh, we weren't designed for this. This is, this is so brutal, so brutal. But... 
it, this is where the whole story just flips for me. Like, oh my gosh. Like, oh my gosh. So he, they are at the tomb and you know, Martha, Mary, all the Jews. And, and like, he's in front of the rock, in front of the tomb and says, move it, move it. And this is the, something that I had never missed. But who jumps up? Mary, or Martha. Martha jumps up and says, Lord, by this time there will be an offensive odor for he has been dead for four days. It is hopeless. Martha, who just spoke to Jesus, who just told who Jesus was by himself, like, you know what I mean? And said, yes, is now attempting to stop the miracle of her brother's resurrection. Like, I never thought about it that way. Martha is literally trying to stop the miracle because she doesn't understand the ways of Jesus. Because this miracle doesn't look like a miracle that she would do. She's worried about the smell of Lazarus. The fact that he's been in there, there's going to be decay. It doesn't make sense. It's, it's going to be off-putting. And so because it doesn't look like something that she's familiar and or comfortable with, she tries to stop it. Martha literally tells Jesus to stop. Not in those many words, but that's what she's saying. And it's like, how many times have we done that? Like, how many times have we run to the Lord with our pain, with our grief, with our frustration, which Martha just did a couple of verses ago. She just did. She just ran to Jesus and just was at, was was just honest with him and then reconfirming her belief and faith in him. And then immediately the next time we hear from her, she's stopping. She's trying to stop his miracle. She's trying to stop Jesus from doing the thing that she's most desires in her life. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's me. Oh my gosh, that's me. How many times have I ran to the Lord with something out of frustration, out of anger, out of hurt, out of any emotion and give it to Jesus? And then the second it starts looking something I'm uncomfortable with, Lord, stop. What are you doing? Jesus, stop. It shouldn't look that way. I'm not comfortable with this. Please. And, and, and here's the crazy part. You know who we don't hear from in this moment? Mary. Mary's right there. Mary is right there. We don't hear a peep from her. And this is the, I mean, like, oh my gosh, how cool is Mary? Like, you know, bummer for not running out to meet Jesus, but she's not trying to stop Jesus. She is, she's always, when she's in the presence of the Lord, she's there. She is there to receive from him. She doesn't kibosh him. She's always there to anoint him and just bless him and just receive from him. Even that moment where she was divisive, the moment she said, like the, she heard, hey, Jesus is looking for you, she ran. She ran. And because of her urgency, people ran. And because of that, people got to go to the tomb. And because of that, here's this moment. And Jesus says, move the rock. And, and Mary's just like, all ears. All right, I'm here. Let's do this. But Martha tries to stop it. Martha's like, stop Jesus. And like, I, mean, I think about if she would have succeeded, what we would have lost. The resurrection of Lazarus. What's the next thing? You know what I mean? Like, like Martha says, stop. And Jesus is like, oh, did I not say to you that if you believe in me, you will see the glory of God, the expression of his excellence? I'm like, what did I say to you, Martha? And you're already backtracking. You're already trying to control this. And you can't control what I do. And that is us. Like the Lord says this promises, the Lord says these things by my structure, heal all these things. And then we're like, I'll oh, take it right back, Lord, because it needs to be our control. It needs to be something that we understand that we're comfortable with. And oh my gosh, like, like I just never, re I never thought about the fact that Martha tried to stop Jesus in that moment. 
and it blows me away because I immediately thought about how many times I've stopped the move of the Lord in my life because it wasn't comfortable for me. Because it felt uncomfortable. I had to stretch. I had to, ugh, you know what I mean? And I'm like, oh my gosh, Lord. Oh my gosh, how many Lazarus moments have I kiboshed because I wasn't in a place to be uncomfortable in your presence. I wasn't in a place to trust you and to just acknowledge you are who you are and just be there. And I was like, oh my God, oh, you know? And that's what's so, it's so crazy. Like that, like the, the Mary Martha meter is what I, I think I'm gonna call this thing is like, are, when are we more like Mary and when are we more like Martha? And for me personally, I'm so often like Martha, you know? And, and if we wanna get into it, like, you know, go back to Luke, you know, the, the, the cool part, remember when, when Martha and Mary, when Mary's at the feet of Jesus and Martha's like slaving away, you know what I mean? Like, like she's like, um, um, uh, this is Luke 10, 40. But Martha was very busy and distracted with all of her serving responsibilities. And she approached Jesus and said, Lord, is it of no concern to you that my sister has left me to do the serving alone? Tell her to help me and do her part. But the Lord replied to her, Martha, Martha, like, oh, poor Martha. Get it together, Martha. You are worried and bothered and anxious about so many things. Full stop there. Is that not us? Is that not me? Daniel, Daniel, you are worried and bothered and anxious about so many things. But only one thing is necessary for Mary has chosen the good part that would, uh, I misplaced that comma, but only one thing is necessary for Mary has chosen the good part that which is to her advantage, which will not be taken away from her. Mary chose to be at his feet. Mary chose the presence. Martha chose the, the, the futile, the, the, the filler. She chose the chores, trying to work her way into favor. Like I need to do these things. And Mary's like, the son of God is in our room. How can you not be at his feet? How can I not be sacrificing everything? Formality, appearance, all that to be at his feet. But Martha, again, being Martha, being so like me. Oh, I'm so Martha. <laughs> I'm thinking of the, the Brady Bunch. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> I don't know why that got in my head right now, but it did. Um, but like Martha, like I, I, I identify with Martha, not because I want to, because I see myself in her. Like, oh my gosh, like I'll toil, I'll strive, I'll do things. And then I have the opportunity to be married, but I, I choose Martha so many times because it it's comfortable to work. It's comfortable to do the things that I, I'm like, Lord, I'm just going to do these things. I'm just going to, I'm going to focus on the thing that I know I can do the thing. Whatever that thing is, it's a work, but it's what it's doing. It, it's giving me something to do that's keeping me from him. If Mary, if Martha would have would have just left that alone, do you think Jesus couldn't make all the food himself, a miracle appear? Do you think there was no amount of dishes that couldn't be done with a snap of Jesus' fingers? You know what I mean? Do you think all the household chores or whatever that 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 Martha thought she was striving for couldn't have been immediately accomplished with the power of Jesus? Of course it could have. All of it. Like all the serving, all that stuff. Like like Jesus fed five thousand. 10,000, 15,000, however you want to justify with kids and, and children. 
Like, do you think he couldn't serve a little dinner for himself? And, and Mary, I don't think was conscious of that, but was conscious of the priority of his presence. And gosh, I want to be more like Mary. You know, I want to be more just absolutely convinced of his presence. And that's the priority of my life and sacrificing everything else for that. And Martha, and, and Martha is like, ah, not there. You know, like I, 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 it gives me joy to know that Martha, once she knew Jesus was there, took off towards him. You know what I mean? In that moment, in that moment, she really did choose the right path. Like, you know what? I'm going to take all my pain, my anger, my frustration, and I'm going to bring it to him right now. And she gets this amazing moment. Like, you know, Martha doesn't get too many amazing spots in the Bible. <laughs> but she gets this cool one in John to just pour out her heart. And then Jesus gets to reveal himself. Like, that's the cool part too. Jesus reveals himself to Martha. Like, we get that amazing uh, interaction where she's like, uh, where is it? I, I love it. I love it. Um, it is 11... 22, uh, even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give to you. Jesus told her, your brother will rise from the dead. And Martha replied, yeah, of course, in the resurrection. You know what I mean? I got it, Jesus, I get it. And and she's like, this is where it's so cool. Jesus said, I am the resurrection of the, and the life. Whoever believes and adheres to, trusts in, relies on me as Savior will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me as Savior will never die. And, she's, and he's like, do you believe this? So we get this amazing declaration of who Jesus is in this moment because of Martha. Because of Martha, we get this amazing moment for Jesus just to define his deity. And for those who follow him, thank you, Martha, for that moment. And then also in the next moment, Martha is telling Jesus to stop the miracle. Oh, I just get, I get, I get trapped in that thought process of like, not trapped, but you know, I'm just thinking about that, of like the the moment that Martha believes that he is who he says he is, but then says, don't do the thing that you're going to do. Like how quickly we take it back, how quickly we take back his authority and his, 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 his deity of who he is, his power. Like, no, like, yeah, you are who you say you are, Lord, but this makes me uncomfortable. How many of our things are we hiding because we think they're too much like a dead Lazarus to the Lord? Like how many things do we need healing in, in our own life? But we think, oh Lord, you don't want to see this. Lord, you don't want to look at this. Lord, this is gross. Do something else. Stop. Stop. I can't let you see this. You know, like I've done that. I've done that. And I'm, I'm, I'm searching my heart to see if I'm doing that. Am I in a place where I'm letting Jesus remove the tomb in my own heart to pull out the Lazarus things in my life that are, I'm hiding from him because I think it's gross or that need resurrection. You know, there's so many ways you can look at this. And I'm like, oh my God, there's just so many cool ways that Jesus speaks to us through this. And this is like, when you're reading the word and it's, oh, it jumps out in so many different ways. But like, I don't want to be Martha yelling at Jesus to stop. Like, I don't want to be Martha stuck in a world where it has to make sense to me and I have to be comfortable with it or familiar with it. 
And in doing that, I just destroy the miracles. I decline the miracles. I, de- I, I stop Jesus from being who he is in my life. I put him in a box of my own understanding and my own comprehension and my own comfort. And in doing that, I also just destroy the miracles. She would have not gotten her brother back. I mean, think about it. If she got her way, she wouldn't have Lazarus. If Jesus would have said, oh, my bad, Martha. I didn't realize that. You're good. You're right. Anyway, you know, let's just keep mourning him. That was, that, that was, that was the option that Martha was going for. Like, leave him be. Let him be dead. It's hopeless. Stop. But Mary, but Mary is right there, quiet as a mouse. And I'm probably in her mind saying, do it, Lord. Do it. Move that rock. Bring him out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you could almost sense the way that Mary was with her devotion and her presence. That, Like, as she's watching this, she's watching with, with anticipation and expectation of something amazing. Because she, she was going to sit at his feet. She was going to anoint him with oil. You know what I mean? Like, like, like she was familiar with the presence and the power and the authority. And so for her, it, this was a front row ticket to the most amazing miracle, one of the most amazing miracles in the Bible. And she wasn't going to do nothing to stop it. Nothing to get in the way of it. And that's where I want to be. You know, I, I want to be on Team Maria. Maria! You know, like that's where we all we, we all need to be. Oh man, what a what a cool moment to know that Mary was just silent, letting the Lord do his thing. And Martha, like me, Daniel, was like, Jesus, stop. Jesus, quit. It's gross in there. Ah, you're not gonna like it. Ooh, ooh, it's sticky gross. Oh man. It's just a cool story that I've I've heard and read so many times, but I just I never acknowledged it from, from the, the perspective of me being Martha trying to stop Jesus, trying to stop a miracle because it didn't make sense to me. And I hope you guys don't ever stop the miracle that God wants to do in your life because it doesn't make sense to you. Because if it made sense, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be God. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it can't, if it's, you know, we, 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 I, I so often get lost in the house that I stop it. How is he going to do it? How's he going to do this? How's he going to do that? And I Martha, I Martha my moments because I'm focused on the house instead of the who. It's Jesus. That's who. who. Who am I? It's who is he? Oh, anyway, this was cool. I hope you guys got something out of this. Maybe I did. <laughs> you didn't. So anyway, uh, oh, and I've been told repeatedly that people loathe want to fight me when it comes to my exit intro music or not music the me saying bye and all that so as a courtesy to those listening i will resort to something else okay bye you have been listening to what's up church podcast just know you are cooler than all your friends that didn't (laughs) 